I'm still doing like the whole um, intro thing, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. Hello. Hello. I was starting up. Hey, okay. You hear Josiah? Yep. Okay. All right. When you guys are ready, we'll do it. Yep, go you ahead. Guys ready? Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast where we take a look at the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble match. And today we are continuing on this adventure of the 1997 Royal Rumble match, but we're doing post-Rumble. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I kind of want to say it's a part two. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, we left you guys on a cliffhanger last right. episode. Yeah, we didn't discuss what happened to the winner because who really won? Uh, mm. We have a guest for this one, too. Yes, we do. We have a guest. He's been on once or twice, uh, but we're glad to have him back. So let's welcome back Josiah. Hey, guys. Glad to be back with you. And uh, yeah, let's let's get into this. This will be fun. Okay, so we're going to talk about the final four. It's called In Your House Final Four. And Bill... Explain, for those that might have missed why this is happening, explain it to them. Okay, so on our last episode, we discussed the 1997 Royal Rumble, and Stone Cold Steve Austin may or may, well, technically he won the match. Technically he won the match, even though he had been eliminated, and the referees never saw him being eliminated. <clears throat> so the next night on Raw, Bret Hart quits. He quits the WWF because of what happened. So Gorilla Monsoon, then president, says that he can't change the result. Austin is the winner. However, because he was eliminated, he's going to take the title shot away from Austin for the time being. He has to earn it. And there's going to be a four-way elimination match between Austin and the three men he eliminated, Vader, Undertaker, and Bret Hart, to compete in, I guess you could call it sort of a mini battle royal, where the winner of the match would get the shot at the WWF champion at WrestleMania. That is until the wonderfully named Thursday Raw Thursday. Ugh, gross. <laughs> and we will get into more discussion of this a little later. Shawn Michaels vacates the WWF title. Like I said, we're gonna I'm gonna give you the quick version of that because we want to talk about that more later. And Gorilla Monsoon pretty much makes the stakes even higher that the winner of the four-way elimination match becomes the new World Wrestling Federation champion. All right, Josiah, what do you remember about this particular time period? So uh, this was when Sean lost his smile, mm -hmm. so to speak. And uh, he said he, you know, he had a potential career-ending injury and all that kind of stuff. And in reality, uh, what happened was he didn't want a job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he he didn't want a job to Bret Hart. That's that's what this came down to. Um, and actually, if you go back in history at that point, uh, Sean never lost his titles due to jobbing back then. Right. Because uh, because he was he was a real jerk back then, mm -hmm. uh, and he just refused to job to anyone. Uh, and very rarely would you ever see him actually lose by pinfall or submission to lose the title, he would either get injured or throw a fit and walk out and those kinds of things. Like, uh, in 1993, he walked out of the company after something like that. And he was back within a week, of course. But, uh, at that point they already crowned a new champion mm -hmm. <laughs> for the, uh, for the IC title. So, um, so this was an instance where I believe the plan was, for uh, Brett and Sean to have their rematch from WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man match rematch. And uh, Brett was going to go over at WrestleMania 13. Sean didn't want to job. 
And the idea was from that point to start a year-long storyline that would eventually see uh, Sean win the title back and then lose to Austin at WrestleMania 14, which is ultimately what happened. But the way they got there was very different from what they had planned. Right. Now, I also want to take note here, of course, that not take note, to mention uh, that we are doing two wheel spins because we have to determine the next two, uh, you know, next Royal Rumbles that we're going to be talking about. At this time, I'm doing a shared screen with both Bill and Josiah, and we're going to spin once, uh, you know, one of these times right now. So uh, do you both see my screen? Uh, let me, let me turn it on. I, I, I have a video off at the moment. So just give me a I, don't think, I don't think you need video on oh. for it, to be honest with you. Yeah, oh. it just has to be Jim. It just has to be he, me. Yeah, he just, he just has to hit share screen. Right. Okay. Uh, right, can you see the wheel? I cannot. Bill, can you see the wheel? No, I don't. All right, I'm doing something wrong, though. Let me try this again. All right. Share screen. All right, let me know. That should work. Yep, I see. There it. we go. Okay, yep. so let's spin. We're going to spin three times. I mean, there's only, looks like about 10 main Royal Rumbles left that we haven't done, Bill. So here wow. we go. We're, we're nearing the end here. So it's going to be, Josiah, you're going to choose one of these three that are about to be spun here. So the first sure. is 2009. Then we have 2019 women's or 2014. Pick one of those as one of the one of the two that we're going to do next. We're going to do all of them, but I mean, this is just the order. So uh, I'll pick one of the two. Okay. One, uh, I don't know. One of the three. Oh, one of three. Sorry. Right. 2009, uh, 2019 women's and 2014. I'm going to give you one of the worst rumbles in history, 2014. <laughs> All right, very good. We will spin another time later in the episode. At least we'll get that one out of the way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I, I want to leave you the quality ones for the last 10. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get to the card. We're in Chattanooga, Tennessee. What a place to have an event. Yeah. Uh, first match is Mark Merrill versus <laughs> Leaf Cassidy. I have Leaf doesn't even get an entrance. Nope. JR says Leaf is one of the most underrated superstars. Sable helps Marrow cheat. Sable slaps Leaf, and I feel bad for Leaf and start cheering for Leaf Cassidy. Unfortunately, Marrow <laughs> wins. You were cheering for Al Snow? What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you guys have for this match? We're going to go match by match here, pretty yeah. much. Um... Well, they had they really went all out for this show as far as stage goes. <laughs> it's just that little little ramp. Uh, it's a good looking crowd for superstars. <laughs> um, at one point, uh, when Mark Merrow puts on the figure four, Jim Ross is starting to talk about how Buddy Rogers was the creator of the figure four leg lock. Um, so he was teaching the kids. Um, I thought it was a good match. It was decent, you know. Yeah, well, uh, Mark Merrow was a fine worker. He wasn't, like, awesome or anything like that, but he was good. He was competent. And uh, Leaf Cassidy, Al Snow, was also a uh, a pretty great worker. Uh, and so I would expect to have a, a decent match out of those two. Uh, e e although I wouldn't expect very much heat, especially with the gimmick of Leaf Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Here, it, then came the craziest thing that I think I've seen recently. Like, maybe not craziest, maybe the, the real word is puzzling. Okay. So the Honky Tonk Man comes out. <laughs> and just as he comes out, he's going to the ring, and as he comes out, after he gets to the ring, we get a recap of Shawn Michaels losing his smile, which is even more sickening than I remember. <laughs> um, oh my God. I had this was so hard to watch. I mean, uh, just I guess this might become a square hate of Shawn Michaels because I did the triangle, but now I didn't realize. Well, not really because he's not really on this show. It's just this. 
So he lost a smile, yeah. And then we get a Sid interview. And I wrote down, is Honky Talk Man just standing around? (laughs) And then we get, then I see a WWF Fears ECF and W sign. Uh, Then we have Flash Funk's entrance, and uh, there's no commentary, weirdly. So, I don't know, I would think that maybe uh, a certain Honky Talk Man was probably having some audio problems. But guess what? He never comes out again. He's nope. never mentioned. It's like his entrance didn't even happen, unless I missed something. Please explain this to me. It's like a modern episode of Raw where a storyline's dropped halfway through the show. Right. <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't know what happened. Uh, I wish I did, but I really don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I have this, you don't have anything for this honky tonk mystery nonsense. No, maybe, uh, maybe he dis. Maybe an alien ship came and took him away. I don't I'm gonna, know. I'm gonna do some research. All right, <laughs> I'm, um, still, I, I'm pulling up an old observer. Uh, yeah, you know, oh good, yeah, that, he'll know why the honky tonk man showed up for no reason. You know, yeah, a waiting. Let's hope so. One note that I had from that Sid interview: a waiting Sid is a scary Sid. Mm. It really is. But with Shawn Michaels, I, I want to get... Because I i don't think I've ever seen the full promo. Sure you have. I don't, know if they, I don't know if they showed most or all in this one. Shawn stutters his lines during that. And then at one point, I wrote, just finish. <laughs> I, you know, it's bad enough. This, and I was thinking about this. Um, you know, even leading up to this recording, today, in today's WWE, mm-hmm. there would have been, I think, no way anybody would have given up WrestleMania pay to not lose a match to someone they hate. It's like going back 96, like you look back at 97, and then you look at today, it's like, Oh my God! There's no way, you know, almost no way, nobody would refuse to job to someone, and if they did, or if they were forced to, they wouldn't show up. That's basically what Sean did here. Right? Yeah. Just uh, how's the research coming along? Still working on it. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, I'm just trying to get the the date of the in your house three wwe title changes teased end of Shawn michaels career that's got to be the one <laughs> so i'm looking down there it is yep okay and uh, of why the honky tonk man did not show up while you uh continue searching our next match is uh gold dust bart gun flash funk versus farouk crush and savio and i have a note written down it's my only note for this match where the fuck is the honky tonk man <laughs> Um, question. Would the Funkettes be the mothers of the Funkadactyls? I knew you were going to bring something up like that. I knew it. That's a legitimate question. Hashtag kayfabe. (laughs) And then, is Flat, because the way Flash Funk is dressed, is he a pimp? Is that his gimmick? Why were there no announcing for Flash Funk's entrance? They probably wanted to see the Funkettes. That could be part of it. You could still talk and look. <laughs> Not when you're Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. <laughs> um, how about the entrance of the nation? I liked that. I thought that was really good. Them coming through the crowd. I think I was too distracted to listen to see if I heard the voice of the honky talk man. Oh, dear God. Um, Farouk hates rednecks. He, he says that during... He calls somebody a redneck. I think it was Flash Funk. So, um, you know, he he hates rednecks. And Goldust was never tagged into the match. <laughs> I mean, why? What was the point of having him there if he's not going to get tagged in? What was the point <laughs> of bringing the Honky Talk Man in if no one does anything with him? So... Dead mics. Oh yeah, they were having a problem with that. You can tell during the show. Wait, what, that, what? That, that that's the best that I can think. There was there was dead mics uh, constantly through the superstars taping, and through the pay per view. 
there was one dead mic spot where the Austin's mic didn't work. That was planned, but the rest were not. So I'm assuming Honky Tonk's mic was uh, dead. So they just said, that's it, you're done for the night. Probably. What? That seems ridiculous. Yeah. I believe, I mean, I believe you about the dead mics. What I don't believe is that they're like, okay, the mics don't work. Um, you know what? Let's say you're done for the night. Like, I feel like they could have at least had him go and, I don't know, manage someone or something. Tell me why he's, yeah, that's weird. I, isn't he, like, in this point where he's starting to look for someone to manage? Yeah, I, uh, to yes, that. yes, yes. Uh, and it will result in one of the worst reveals of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's an uh, interesting note to all the production problems and things like that. The WWF was a mess at this point. Like, they were getting completely slaughtered by WCW. Right. Uh, they lost $6 million in 1996. Mm. Like, they were on the verge of going out of business. If WrestleMania 13 didn't succeed, they were done, pretty much. And uh, where they ended up was, ended up working. They had probably the most important match in the history of the company. Mm. Uh that turned everything around the next night uh, with, um, well, with Bret Hart and Steve Austin. Uh, without that match, that the WWF might not be here today. So right now we could be watching the WCW network. Indeed, indeed. Of course, given how much money they lost in 2000. Uh, huh. It, then we like, could be watching the ECW network. <laughs> yeah, like they, they made $125 million dollars. WCW in 1998, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was 97, one of the two. And in 2000, in 2000, they lost $68 million. Mm. And they that's why they were closed down, ultimately. That is ultimately why. If, if they were making a profit of $125 million, it doesn't matter if AOL hated wrestling. They would have kept it. <laughs> right, right. Um, we'll get more in detail in my WCW 2000 podcast launching this coming <laughs> summer. <laughs> actually that's not a terrible idea to be honest with you i love i would love to do that um i definitely would rather do than anything on the current stuff for the most part so ready for this bill yeah. doc hendricks this is important doc hendricks interviews steve austin <laughs> austin says gorilla monsoon says that he didn't win the royal rumble we now do we now have our second fake winner in this podcast history? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna say yes because Bret Hart was technically still in the match. Well, not technically, he was still in the match mm-hmm. when Austin was eliminated. Plus, when the the president says that you're not the winner. Doesn't that not make you the winner? Yeah. Just I'm waiting on this. Well, the, in the record books, they still count this as a win for Austin, but a win that with an asterisk, basically. Uh, although, really, WWE just does whatever they want when it comes yeah, to their history. The so. thing, and we're finding that out. Uh, well, we've been finding that out on this particular show. Pretty much. Yeah, like like they they break their own rules all the time. They make up their own history. I refuse I mean, to call Shawn Michaels a two time Royal Rumble winner. He's only a one time Royal Rumble winner now. In my <laughs> eyes. Uh, and I mean, they call Austin a three time Royal Rumble. Winner. Well, now he's two time Royal times. Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I mean, the decision was essentially reversed. Uh, like they said, okay, we don't have a winner. And if uh, Sean didn't drop the belt, what they were going to do with this final four was have these guys fight over who was the real winner. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously Brett was going to win. Yeah. But, but uh, that, yeah, it, and uh, it ended up being, I mean, I guess we could say Austin didn't win. That would be fair. There we go. Next up we have, Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Rocky Maivia. Goldust comes out. Maivia wins. China debuts. And then that's all I have for that. What do you guys have? Is this, uh, where, is this where China mauled Marlena? Chokes her. I know what you're thinking of. 
Yeah, I don't think it's the same moment that you're thinking of. Okay, ch- choking Merlina then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had that, you know, our thing. Uh, I think Jerry was asking Jim Ross if his dad, Rocky's dad, was watching, and Jr's like, "Well, I know the High Chief is watching," and I'm like, "Where is the High Chief watching?" Because I mean, he's dead. But I was trying to be smart. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um. Peter Mavia was was Peter Mavia dead at that point? Oh yeah, I think he'd been dead a long time. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> um. Good job. Bill. They plugged the superstar line. During the match, where who who was it that was? Uh, it was Sonny was one of the two. I don't remember who the other one was that was on the other line. Um, but yeah, they were plugging the superstar line, and then Jim Ross with the nice plug for tonight's sponsor for the show, because he's like, "Oh, Rocky Maivia, he could have used Western Union, the best way to oh. save money." <laughs> Way to go, JR. Way to be a company player. He, he is the greatest commentator of all time, but uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, yes, Peter Mavia died in 1982, before I was well before I was born. <laughs> we're, we're not laughing at Ron, or Peter Mavia's death. I mean, it definitely sounds like you are. We're, we're still uh, laughing at Jim Ross plugging Western Union. Yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm laughing at Jim Ross saying that Peter was watching, not, not laughing at the death of Peter Mavia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill, so what what do you have for um, yeah, what did you think of the match? I don't really have many match notes. I think it was decent. They're gonna have better matches within like a year. Mm. It's decent. Yeah, you you can see they're not quite at the top level, but they're you know they're they're getting better. They're getting there. And it's it's interesting to see. Um prototype triple h uh and where he was like he he, all everything was there for who he was going to become but it just wasn't quite there yet like every not everything was clicking but you can tell he was starting to understand his character starting to get a little more well attitude so to speak and uh before long he's gonna be uh, you know triple h uh the member of dx Mm mm-hmm and yeah, and he definitely had everything that was there, including probably Stephanie McMahon was backstage. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Hey, um, well, they, yeah. they were not in a relationship then, though. No, I know, I know, but you're saying like just like how we didn't have things set up. I mean, I, I'm no one's going to be convincing me that that doesn't have a big to do on why he still wrestles today. That he's oh yeah, family. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Then we get Vader and Paul Bear doing an interview. And you know what? I have to say, uh, we had Liam on last time, and I if, I agree with him, and I hate that Paul Bear's with Vader. It seems so weird, and I don't like it. Paul Bear sounded like Mickey Mouse in this promo. The way he talked. I swore I thought I was listening to Mickey Mouse. And what do you think Mickey Mouse sounds like, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> well, boy Vader, he's gonna win tonight. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna be the new heavyweight champion. So he'll always be a door to the light. He's <laughs> <Kingstar>! alive. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about this Vader Paul Bear team? Uh, I have recently been watching WCW from 93 and 94 uh, when Vader, especially in 93, when Vader was the champion in WCW. Mm-hmm. And uh, his manager was Harley Race. Uh, and that was way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and it blows my mind how badly the WWF misused Vader. Well, it's because of uh, Shawn Michaels. Isn't that the whole thing there, too? Did he ruin another career? Uh, part of it, part of it, for sure. Uh, and also, I don't know, I don't think Vince had as much confidence in him. Uh, but when you look at the, the his run in WCW, Vader was incredible. Just unbelievably great. Uh, whether it's going out on Saturday night, WCW Saturday night, and just squashing a jobber, like completely annihilating him in 30 seconds, mm. you know, uh, or going out and having a 25-minute match with Sting. Like, he, he did it all. Yeah. And and he was a great worker 
a fantastic worker. Uh, he might be the, the best big man of all time. Um, you you watch what he did as WCW champion, and he was one of the shining lights of that company during a very dark period. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Harley Race, of course, is Harley Race. He's cuts believable promos, and I almost think like they should have just brought Harley in, let Harley be his manager. But Vader's probably the best thing about wrestling in 1993 in general. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he was um, uh, when uh, it was uh, funny. I was reading an old Observer on that. And Dave was talking about all the world champions, and he said there's no world champion stronger than Vader right now in terms of how he's booked. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, at that point, too, he, was, he leveraged a deal to get a deal with, uh, in Japan, and he was making probably more money than anyone except Sting, like in wrestling, period. I believe that. Uh, like he was getting like – I think it was like $100,000 a month in Japan, something like that. Which is insane money back then. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next match we have here is Doug Furness and Phil Lafon versus the British Bulldog and Owen Hart. I have that Furness and Lafon win via DQ and Bulldog and Owen argue. How did you guys feel about all this? They're um, they're building up the new Hart Foundation. Uh, it's something I noticed in the Royal Rumble actually after uh, Owen in quotation marks, accidentally eliminated the bulldog. Right. Uh, did, you also notice, did you also notice that the bulldog is bizarre? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Furness and Lafon got a jobber entrance. So they were already in the ring for this match. Right. Uh, Lawler has more Stu and Helen jokes. I wish I had written it down, but... Because, you know, Stu and Helen jokes, they never get old. Even to this day, they're mm. still good. Jerry, um, Jerry was so, so good. And the, the hearts were good sports because they knew they knew Jerry was doing this as a heel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, real quick, I don't know if either one of you have watched Superstars from 92 on the WWE Network. Mm. Uh, and they're hyping Davey Boy and Brett for the intercontinental title. And it's like, Oh, the family's divided. And there's like one week where they're going to interview Stu and Helen. Helen hogs up the camera the whole time. Mm-hmm. Stu never gets a freaking word in to talk about his feelings about the match. <laughs> to, to be fair, Stu, when he spoke, mumbled a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> that yeah, could be why. Well, you know, you're out there, Tiger. That, that is the, a great impersonation of Stu Hart. <laughs> I, I thought he was right here on the show. <laughs> yep. It's called practice. So then, uh, we, so then we get an Undertaker interview. I didn't write anything else other than that. Was there anything memorable? Because then something memorable happens. He said he got his edge back. Oh, okay. Mm. Where, did he uh, lose it? Yeah, he's like, I've, I've lost my edge, but... Uh, <laughs> I got my edge back. It's not fully back, but it's back. <laughs> I mean, Why wasn't that? How Undertaker got his edge back. Oh, God. All right. Here's something that was better Adam than Copeland? that, though. Here's something that was better than that. Lawler claims to be controlling the blimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pull a double duty, JR. <laughs> Yep, uh, it's brought us by Western Union, the fastest way to ship money worldwide. That's right. So then we get a replay of showing about how we got to Vader versus Hart versus Austin versus Undertaker, and the replay clearly shows that New Diesel should be in this match. Exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. I made I made the case on right. the last episode. He got He got thrown out, but the referee's back was to him when he was eliminated. Right. Oh. As far as I'm concerned, it's case closed, and Bill wins, and New Diesel gets the shaft. Yeah, so it should be the final five. Correct. I agree with that. Uh, yep. We get a Bret Hart interview before. Look, I mean, New Diesel can't even get on the final four pay-per-view. <laughs> Which, by the way, I forgot that it was only like two hours. He I needs was, to. I was very yeah. relieved by that, actually. I was like, ah, oh, I miss this. We're like... 
maybe a pay-per-view's two hours, maybe three. Nowadays, it's like mm-hmm. a fucking six-hour marathon. Yeah. Um, should we mention, or should we go over the rules of the match? Well, we have a Bret Hart interview before the match. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Mention the Bret Hart interview. I'm sorry. Right. And then, oh, no, the Sid stuff is actually in the middle of the match. Never mind. So, no, there's a Hart interview. Um, I'm sure Bret thinks he's going to win. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't have any other notes on that other than that. Yeah, it was, actually, I'll go ahead. It was perfectly solid promo. Um, I th- a lot of people say Brett wasn't a a great promo, and which is technically true, but he was a good promo. I found, uh, like he always got to the point. Uh, everything he said made sense, and he always put the match over. I can't really complain about that. Yeah, I, I would say I don't like I said I don't think I would put him in like a top. Um, right. promo people, but I certainly wouldn't put him in, like, fucking Bill Goldberg level of garbage. Right. Uh, you, you'd have to see uh, Brett's heel turn when uh, when he has uh, in the rest of 97 as a heel. His promos are unbelievably great. <laughs> he, he, went, he went from being, uh, you know, a really a decent babyface promo to being holy crap, why hasn't this guy not been healed before? Mm-hmm. I like the last line in Brett's promo, and I even wrote it down because I, I was thinking like, okay, Brett's going to be, you know, angry about what happened, blah, blah, blah. And he's actually calm about this. And his last line is, may the best man win me. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so subtle. That's, really that's so subtle, too. It's like it's like they're they're really planting the seeds of the heel turn, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's just so subtle. It's perfect, perfect. All right, so now we get to the match that the whole reason why there's a part two, yeah, for this. But um, before we do, do me, that, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I was gonna ask if you want me to go over the rules. Go over the rules first. Go ahead. Okay, they're pretty quick. They're pretty simple. Uh, all four are gonna be in the ring to start the match. There are no countouts or disqualifications. You can be eliminated by a pinfall submission or, or over the top rope, both feet touching the floor. The last one left is champion. All right. And now, before we get into that, though, it's time for the other wheel spin. Yay. So, you guys, let me know if you see my screen. I see it. Okay. Yep. All right. So, let's do three more spins here. Josiah's going to pick again. So, we got 2003. Versus 2007. And the last one, 1995. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you guys go back to 95 on that one. Great. And that is the earliest that we can go back at this point. Yeah. It's the only one that we had. Because after that, the next one that we wouldn't have done is 1999. And that would be the earliest on the timeline. I, th- I think, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 95 Rumble. I remember that one being good. Okay. I mean, I thought I remember the 96 Rumble being good, but boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I, uh, my, my, I might have my nostalgia glasses on. <laughs> I mean, trust me. I Well, it's, you know what, though? I will give the 1996 Rumble credit for. The great uh, squat team member spot. They still get that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the uh, the, the SWAT slash squat team, Josiah? <laughs> oh my gosh, I think so. I think. Uh... How could you forget? It was the best spot of that entire Rumble match. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the finish. I guess that that matters for something. But <laughs> I mean, it doesn't though, because Shawn Michaels then became a fake winner. I suppose so. Because he really did get thrown out. For whatever reason, they didn't. Anyway, go back to '96 room and listen to that. Yeah, I will. I, I will do that. All right, Vader versus. Oh, sorry, not Vader. Um, all right, so we have Brett, first. Bret Hart eliminates Austin, so he's already da- done here. So we get Vader versus Undertaker versus Hart. Then we get a thing of uh, like a video of Sid watching the match, and mm-hmm. he looks nervous. Why? He's not fighting after this. He's not even fighting till tomorrow. And he I... knows who's going to he knows that whoever wins was already fighting in this match against three other people. I honestly thought that he want like the way he was reacting, I thought he wanted to be in the match. 
Yeah, I think that could have been part of it. He he didn't he wanted to take matters into his own hands and just kill everyone. Then we have Austin coming back to beat up on Bret Hart for a bit. The Undertaker eliminates Vader. So we're down to Hart and Undertaker. Hart eliminates Undertaker. Bret Hart wins. Sid comes out to confront Bret. And that's the show. Give me your thoughts on that match. Well, um, Vader bled <laughs> everywhere. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, he, that was a horrendous cut. Uh, he <laughs> he ate uh, the the back seat of the chair or the or the bottom of the seat of the chair in his eye when he went to hit Taker. Taker kicked it and it came back and hit him in the head. And uh, and it obviously everything went fine on it except for the fact that it cut his eye open. <laughs> that poor man in his eye, I tell you. Like, yeah, that guy's had so much trouble with his eye. Well, to the point of it literally popping out in a match. <laughs> Uh, that's a, oh, geez. But, uh, Vader is one tough dude and he bled everywhere and he did not stop for a second. He just kept going and going and going. Uh, he, he was a machine in this match uh, mm-hmm. and it was a, it was a very wild brawl. This match was a very, very wild brawl. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill, what are your thoughts? Oh, I, I loved this match. Uh, I remember seeing it live when it happened and I loved it and, I hadn't seen this match in a long time, and I still enjoy the hell out of this match. Um, I think at one point, the Fink got sent into the steel steps because Vader wanted to get that chair. Okay. So Fink took a bump. Um, nobody is really safe at ringside because like, they're ov- they're all over the place. Which yeah. really makes the, the, the time caper died when uh when the uh, vader crashed into him mm-hmm. uh yeah um, go ahead oh vader is referred to as a buffalo during this <laughs> match um when um, when vader gets eliminated and it's down to two the arena is shaking and it's very rare when you get to see an arena legit shake and these fans are on their feet pretty much the entire match how often do they get a pay-per-view remember in chattanooga Chattanooga, tennessee that's right um that's true but no this was done really really well i loved this match um now i i had read years ago yes that Austin was originally supposed to win this match. Okay. Like when when the title when the title part came into play, not the you know winner goes to get the title shot. That was I remember that you know being oh Brett's gonna win it. When they put the title in, I thought he had said in his book that he was originally going to win that match, but something happened to where his knee got messed up. Okay. And I looked for it, and I couldn't really find it. Um, and then, are we going to talk about what happened the next night? Or... Yeah, because we got to do the road to yep. the winner. Okay, to to so I'll, I'll save that part, because whatever happens to Bret Hart that we talk about in a moment was going to be the same thing for Austin. Yes, yes. And, um, oh, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, i got to say... I, I adored this match. This match was awesome. Uh, and it was a, an example of how when you don't have, when you don't force a set style on someone, because WWE, everyone works the same style of match now. This match was different from anything else you'd see because it was a fatal four-way and those weren't, they were rare back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these guys, all of them work so hard. So, so hard in this match. And you got four legit main eventers. Uh, and they did everything to make everyone look good. Everyone got a highlight. Everyone got a spot to look great. Uh, you had Austin as this, you know, hothead up-and-comer just laying waste to everyone when he got a chance. Uh, not He was just brawling with everybody. Uh, Vader was the, the workhorse monster who just would not stop no matter how hard you hit him. Uh, Brett was the technician that always picked his spots, and Taker was the big scary monster that just beat everyone up when he uh, when he it was his turn. And 
I mean, everything in this match was good. Every guy came across great. And uh, I know I was actually thinking about this the other night when I was watching. And I, I did watch the 97 Rumble as well, just so I can have some context for this. Um, the level of stardom that Bret Hart and Austin and Taker and those guys had at this point, no one has that today like that. Mm. Like no one is as over as this in the WWE. Uh, Shawn Michaels even. I watched the Michael Sid match. And Michaels and Sid were so over. Like, <laughs> I, you look at that, and, and I, I go, that's what's missing. Mm. We don't have any stars. Because uh, we don't have characters, or we don't have characters. That's the problem there. Everyone's and, and either even, generic good guy or generic bad guy. There's no real and, difference there. And in reality, too, they uh, they often make the, the baby faces look like idiots because they're dumb. Mm-hmm. Or they do heelish things. So they cheer the baby heels. You know, it's not really that hard. Just make the baby faces likable and the heels, the heels make them dastardly, you know. Uh, but I, I was like, even at the end of this match, when Hart won, um, Hart won, he got such a great pop. Yeah. Uh, even though they were sort of kind of booing him a little bit when he came out and all that. By the end of the match, because Bret Hart's very good, he, he wanted to... Uh, to hint at the heel turn, but he didn't want to go full bore into it yet. And so when he, uh, was the match went on, he worked it well and got the whole crowd behind him. Um, and then Sid came out and they had the stare down and that was great too. Uh, like Sid, Sid was not a good worker by any stretch of the imagination, but he did have a presence to him. Um, and he did have, even when he cut horrible promos, they were still great because, I mean, his gimmick said he's a psychopath, so his problems aren't really supposed to make sense anyways. <laughs> uh, but you, you see him and Brett facing off, and it's like, this is a big-time match. Mm. I So, like, for me, overall, like, with this event, I, I don't know, like, I feel like it was just there. Do you think they actually planned this event to happen even before all the Shawn Michaels stuff happened? Because it doesn't feel like it. I don't think that they would have booked it in fucking Chattanooga, Tennessee, with the (laughs) Chattanooga Choo Choo and all that. You mean the home of the Mox? Who's that? John Moxley? What? No. During during the match, Jr. or during the Nation match, he says that the arena or the they're by the college, Chattanooga, and it's the home of the Mox. What's a Mox? Mocks, you know, shoes, moccasins. Oh, oh. See, Bill, it wasn't just me that didn't get it. Josiah also didn't get it. You need to be more clear that next time. Might I'll be more clear on my shoe description. Please, I mean, yeah. What calls it mocks? Like, oh, what am I gonna? My, am I just gonna call my backpack pack from now on? Like, <laughs> you should <laughs> get it confused with X Pac. And oh, make some noise. And, and Pac. <laughs> um, six Pac? Anyway, uh, what the hell is I going to ask you next, Bill? Um, oh, no, so let's let's see. I mean, does the winner get the title shot going to WrestleMania? What's going on? Oh, boy. Did Shawn well, Michaels this... find his smile? <laughs> yeah, he went. did. He did, actually. <laughs> All right, this is where we get to even more fun. The next night on Raw, Bret Hart defends the title against Sid. Steve Austin costs Bret Hart the title. Sid wins back the WWF title. After that, The Undertaker is named the number one contender, probably because he finished second in the Final Four match, and will face Sid for the title at WrestleMania. Meanwhile, Bret Hart challenges Steve Austin's to a submission match at WrestleMania, which he accepts. Mm. However, the week before WrestleMania, Bret Hart gets his rematch against Sid for the WWF title, this time in a steel cage. So if Bret Hart had won the title, him and Austin would have been a title match with submission match rules, and Sid and Undertaker would have just been Sid and Undertaker. Mm -hmm. Uh, During the match, both Undertaker and Stone Cold interfere in the match. Sid manages to escape the cage to win or to stay the champion, 
And then after the match is where we get the epic Bret Hart pushes Vince McMahon down and he starts cursing away like a sailor and it's really good television. Bret loses his mind. Yep. And and he's you know what? He's justified. He got screwed. <laughs> Uh, which, by the way, this is the best build to a real-life screw job. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like it, it's almost astonishing when you watch it in retrospect because you know this is going to end in Montreal with Brett actually getting screwed. And it's like, man, what are they doing? The storyline is like... <laughs> so, yeah. So to... Bring it all together. Uh, Bret Hart beats Steve Austin in the submission match, which is an all-time WrestleMania classic. I don't think anyone could disagree with that. One of my favorite matches of all time. And in the main event, The Undertaker beats Sid to become the WWF champion. So by March of 97, the title will have changed hands four times. Because Sid begins the year as champ, loses the title to Sean, Sean vacates the title, Brett wins the title, Sid wins back the title, then Undertaker wins the title. This company's a wreck. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was a mess at this point. Although and I, I'll say it again with that, that Bret Hart Steve Austin match saved the company because it was the double turn. Mm-hmm. And it was seated perfectly and and Bret Hart said to Vince, "This is your guy." And Vince wasn't convinced that, uh, that Austin was his guy. And uh, he kept saying, and he went to Austin and he said, I'm going to make you. And uh, Austin trusted him and it worked out. And also the blading in that match, Brett, uh, Brett asked for forgiveness, not for permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was his idea. He did it without, uh, without permission. They told him not to do it. Uh, and he said, Nope, I'm doing it anyways. And he just didn't tell Vince. And, uh, they, uh, I believe he bladed Austin actually in that match, but sometimes they had the other guy do it. But Brett uh, was determined to make Austin a star, his handpicked successor, and they did the double turn, and Austin became overnight the biggest babyface in the company, even though he didn't win the title for another year. Uh, and Bret Hart became the biggest heel in the company, and it was perfect. Uh, without that match, I, it's entirely possible we would not be talking about the further rumbles after 1997. Yeah, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, and you know, watching this pay per view again, um, if Austin had won the title, that makes the 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 win at WrestleMania 14 a year later basically meaningless because mm-hmm. it's basically oh, Austin won the title again. And it really doesn't have that moment if he does win the title. So maybe him getting hurt in that match was the best thing to happen to him. And and back then, too, they didn't rush things. Like, nowadays, if they saw, okay, we got to make Austin this big star. Let's shove him down your throat. Uh, in reality, they waited a year, an entire year. And they took their time. Mm-hmm. They and and they knew they they had after this here they had the long term vision of Austin beating Sean at WrestleMania next year uh, if Sean was able to come back and they started to build to it and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm assuming if Sean couldn't make it back the idea was Brett Brett versus Austin again um, even though they screwed Brett out of his anyways regardless um, you can see that they, they did this right. They just took their time. They they teased everything. They made you want to have Austin as the top guy. They It was perfect. Perfectly manipulated, perfectly booked. And, uh, you know, it's, it's actually really refreshing to watch because at one point they did know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I guess let's do uh, final plugs and get out of here. Um... Josiah, why don't we uh, start with you, give your overall thoughts on the event, plugs, all that good stuff. Uh, outside of the main event, it was just, you know, an okay show, but the main event was awesome. And uh, that's actually kind of the the story of the WWF at that time. Uh, their main events were really, really good. Their undercard sucked. and But if you go home with a great main event, you're going to think the show was awesome. 
and WCW did the opposite. Their undercards were awesome. Their main events sucked. Uh, and you go home thinking that show sucked. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought everyone performed really well, as I already said. And, uh, you know, if I was going to jump in and start watching the next Raw, I'd be eager to see what was going to happen. And as for my plugs, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WR underscore Central. Uh, you can follow uh, my work at DailyDDT.com and WrestlingObserver slash F4WOnline.com. And I'm trying to think if I have any other plugs. Uh, I guess I, I do some streaming on Twitch occasionally, although this weekend it's been a night a busy. I'm recapping five shows for Daily DDT, all three G1 finals, NXT, and SummerSlam. So I'm going to die. <laughs> and uh, that's about it, I guess. All right. And for me, that's podcasting.com, Instagram, and Twitter, the same name. Um, I'm definitely wasn't very high on this i think i uh i am i mean it's refreshing that it, it, the pay-per-view was two hours i was very thrilled with that considering like i said these days even regular wrestling shows seem like they're like four hours long at least um i miss an old format like like this to be honest with you um but yeah it's so like we already have our next two we don't know which order they're going to come in it's going to be 1995 and 2014 um uh, and we'll catch you next time. Bill, what about you? Um, You know what? I, I thought the show was good. The undercard was, you know, what it was. You had decent matches. But that main event, oh, my. It's worth going out of your way to see the main event. So, and that's actually one of the good, one of the few good things about the new WWE Network is you could just skip right to the match. So, if you guys want to, you don't have to watch the entire show like the three of us did. You could go just right to that main event and watch it and, you know, decide for yourself if it's as good as we've all said it is. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill and Instagram is Mr. Billiam, B-I-L-L-I-A-M. Uh, you can check out my podcast, That Wrestling Show, which pops up each and every Friday. And, well... You guys will know in the future which episode is going to be next. And until then, the final four has been eliminated. And we're out. <laughs>